Welcome to Circus Voices, brought to you by CircusTalk.com, the leading online career and casting marketplace for circus and performing arts, and an essential resource for circus and multidisciplinary artists and talent seekers. I am your host, Craig Quatt, and in this month's series, Portraits of Inclusion, we will be exploring some of the boundaries between who and what makes something circus in the face of the 21st century's rapidly changing social needs. In this week's episode, Social Circus Stars, we will be taking a listen to six local stories about individual circus practitioners from around the world. Jessica Hentoff of the United States, Paulina Chajnicka of Poland, Javier Morales Gonzalez of Chile, Dr. Christy Seymour of Australia, Agata Quintero of Colombia, and Jamie Moore of the United Kingdom. In collectively sharing these voices, we hope to capture a sense of what it is like to practice circus as a tool for social change and what motivates so many of us to want to do the same. Please join us now as we begin to listen to their conversations and stay tuned after for more information about the podcast series itself and other Circus Talk promotions. Many thanks to everyone for being here, and now let's start the show. My name is Jessica Hentoff. I am the Artistic Executive Director and founder of Circus Harmony, which is St. Louis's only social circus school. We define social circus as using circus arts to motivate social change. We do this by building character in individuals and building bridges between communities. Circus Harmony is unusual in that we are based inside of a working museum called City Museum in downtown St. Louis, but we also do a number of outreach programs throughout the community because one of the issues in St. Louis is there is no decent public transportation. But the goal of Circus Harmony is by teaching and performing circus arts, we work with young people and teach them when they focus on what connects them instead of what divides them, they can create something truly amazing. We have classes for children as young as three, and some people stay with us for into their 20s and then come back and, and teach, which is really wonderful because the reason I started this work was when I first found circus. I was 18 in college. I took a circus class. I loved it. I wrote to 50 different circuses looking for a job. None of them wrote me back except one, which was a Methodist youth circus called the Circus Kingdom, run by a Reverend David Harris. And he wrote me back saying, yes, come for the summer. And I didn't answer him. And this was before the internet. So he called me and he said, why didn't you answer me? And I said, because I'm Jewish. It's a Methodist circus. And that was social circus before there was social circus. What Reverend Dave did with the Circus Kingdom was bring together young people from throughout the United States to D.C., where he was a Methodist reverend at the Capitol Hill United Methodist Church, and create a show that then traveled throughout the eastern half of the U.S. But every town it went to where we did a show that people paid for tickets, we also went somewhere where people couldn't come to us, senior citizens' homes, homes for the mentally ill, prisons, um, and that was a form of social circus, using circus. For him, it was to communicate the message, the brotherhood of man, 
but it was everybody working together. Flash forward from when I'm 18 and now I'm 66, I've been teaching in, so wait, this is important. Sorry, you'll have to edit. I came back from that first season with the Circus Kingdom and went to my circus teacher, Warren Bacon, and I said, this is it. This is what I want to do with my life. I want to do circus. How can I repay you? And he said, I'll tell you what my teacher told me. Pass it on. His teacher, by the way, was Faye Alexander, a famous flying trapeze person. So Faye passed it on to Warren, who passed it on to me. And right away, I, I started teaching everybody on my dorm floor how to juggle. I went back to my high school and taught circus. And I went on to have a professional career in the circus. I did a double trapeze act, unicycling, juggling, uh, just about a lot of different circus acts. But I always was also teaching. I ended up moving to St. Louis because my aerial partner, Kathy Hoyer, her family was here, her husband had a job here. So I'm from New York City, but I moved to St. Louis. She convinced me that if we were in St. Louis, we'd be centrally located for touring, which was true. And five years later, she quit the act. But while we were together as the Hentoff and Hoyer duo, we worked for Circus Flora. And Circus Flora was a one-ring circus that, long story short, ended up being based in St. Louis. And they asked some of the teachers to go out in the community to teach as part of their way of serving the community. One by one, the other teachers stopped doing it. I kept doing it and created a group called the St. Louis Arches. That was in 1989. There are still St. Louis Arches flying today. In fact, we're flying with Circus Flora right now as, as I speak. So at one point, Circus Flora didn't want to pay for educational programming anymore. I could not turn around and tell these young people no more circus, so I created Circus Harmony as a way to keep the St. Louis Arches going and also give the opportunity for circus education to other students. I did not start this as a social circus. I did not even know what the term was. I started Circus Harmony and all my work teaching as a way to share my love of circus. And then I started realizing the impact it was having on young people. And I became friends with Dr. Reg Bolton. That Go look up his thesis. It's on the internet and it's called Why Circus Works. And he is a man who started using circus arts to work with young people and bring people together and, and much, much more. And he started in Ireland and brought together Catholic and Protestant youths. And if you don't know about Ireland and Catholic and Protestant division, look that up. And then he ended up, he, he emigrated to Australia, worked with Aborigines, worked all over the world doing social circus before it had a name. And in fact, he came to visit us, Circus Harmony in St. Louis, and we were having tea. And he said, what do you think of the term social circus? And I'd never heard of it. And he explained it was what I was doing. I just didn't know it because while I was working with these young people, they were ending up meeting other young people who they would never have met otherwise. Because wherever I taught, I would find kids and circus is a very appealing art form. And we also started by working together, showing the community that their perception of certain young people was wrong. So the interesting thing to me in talking to Dr. Reg about social circus was that the 
at first in Australia, they were arguing over whether the term should be social circus or community circus. So social circus went out. That's what we're doing today. And when I first decided that to keep circus harmony going, to keep the St. Louis arches going and create circus harmony, because we're in America and there's no funding for that kind of work unless you are a nonprofit, I had to form a nonprofit. And the first, the first project of Circus Harmony has, a, has its own nonprofit. And at first it was called Circus Day Foundation because to me, it resonated the day the circus came to town changes everything, but it didn't resonate with other people. Circus Harmony was more what we were doing. We eventually called it Circus Harmony. But the first project was called Circus Salam Shalom. And we brought together children from a, uh, Irish, I'm sorry, we brought together children from a Jewish temple and children from a Muslim temple. And we came together and taught people circus arts and then put together a show that we performed in both temples. And we kept that going for a couple of years. And then one of the Jewish kids, Lindsay, came and said, can my friend join? She's Christian. Is that okay? And what are you going to say? No, no Christians, only Jews and Muslims. But so that was, that was really the beginning of Circus Harmony going beyond the St. Louis Arches. And it's grown. We've had circus youth troops. In fact, we called the we changed the name of the troop to the Patchwork Circus as it grew because we had Jews and Muslims and Christians and homeschoolers and urban kids and suburban kids and Asian and Latino kids. And it was just, it was circus. And that's what mattered. Circus Harmony purposefully brought together children from of means and not of means backgrounds. And that was very important to me for the work of Circus Harmony. To me, being a social circus is the intention, even beyond the actual population. So to me, the passing it on is key. And that's how circus has always been. Circus families pass it on. We are a family. If you ask any of our students what they like about being in the circus, they will say, because it's like my family. And this is a place where people take care of you. It's also been compared to being like a gang, but the positive reason, why do kids join gangs? Because they want to be part of something, because they want to belong, because they want to feel that somebody cares about them and will protect them and watch their backs. And they like the excitement. That's circus. I'm Paulina Chodnicka from Poland, uh, based in Warsaw right now. Um, since 2017, I run my own foundation and uh, my main profile uh, in this is Social Circus. As Odskocznia Studio, this is our name, uh, we are running projects, especially in Warsaw, in Warsaw schools, in cultural centers, in local um, activities centers, uh, mainly granted by um, municipality, but also by cultural uh, ministry uh, in Poland. Um, and um, we work really with uh, all 
uh, almost all uh, groups, um, beginning in uh, with uh, uh, children from uh, three, four years old uh, while they are working with their uh, parents, and then through uh, in all ages in uh, in schools. And uh, last year we started uh, with uh, to work with. Uh, uh, per, uh, with persons with dis uh, disabilities and through this all uh, projects we realize our uh, mission of our organization which in Polish is odskocznia which means that you can jump to get something but also that apart from your main thing in your life you have some things aside that uh, brings you uh, joy or uh, that uh, thanks to that you can charge your batteries. So this is the meaning of Odskocznia and uh, how I started uh, to do social circus, how I got there, uh, I wanted to share with you this story today. Mm, so social, uh, social circus um, came to me um, uh, in a uh, uh, European program. Uh, it was a uh, European voluntary service that I decided to make once. I was studying Polish literature in Krakow and cultural management. And um, still studying in Krakow, I started to work in a theater. So I was connected to um, performative art. And uh, then I felt this desire to live somewhere else abroad, to experience something new, something else. And then I decided to go to European Voluntary Service. So this was European Union program uh, that allows uh, people under 30 years old to make some social jobs uh, out of their countries. So you can go abroad and you can um, uh, experience uh, some social work in uh, uh, with children or with uh, elderly people uh, or with animals like pro they are full of projects and I was looking for my projects uh, for my project and then I uh, realized that there is um, one social circus in uh, Berlin called Kabuwazi. Uh, so Kabuwazi uh, is Kautische Bunde Wundern Circus. Kautische Bunde Wandern Circus, and I really loved this name. Um, I really loved uh, the concept idea. I have never thought I will go to uh, the circus. I have never tried this before in Poland. I just uh, invited a group of people to my event in the theater, and I really loved how they. Um, uh, the show they created, the atmosphere between them. And then I thought, wow, this is really a lovely thing. And uh, if, I'm, um, if I'm going uh, somewhere else abroad, and actually I still uh, like what I'm doing here right now, I'm in theater, um, production, uh, organizing uh, events, making uh, some cultural stuff. Um, so I thought, okay, this is still connection somehow, connected somehow to, to the performative um, side of my life. So I really want to go there uh, to try out. Uh, and as I decided, uh, I made it. Uh, I went to Kabuwazi not knowing um, actually anything about circus disciplines. So I was discovering everything over there. Of course, 
I mean, right now I can tell about myself that I think that I have uh, really uh, high social skills, so it was quite easy to adapt for me. But also we all know that social circus is very uh, inclusive and uh, uh, actually it's not uh, difficult to adapt in uh, such an environment. Uh, so after these eight years, I can say that uh, much more futures of social circus um, led me there. Uh, first of all, inclusiveness. This is really what I love about uh, social circus. Like no matter your capacities, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's quite easy to adapt your future and your future is only your potential never limitation this is for me the the base of um, social circus and this concept of inclusiveness and that i love it and this is uh, what really gives me sense of my job and uh, uh, and for sure what was um, totally amazing for me uh, from the beginning for me it's enough no the, this culture of enough uh, um, was really a, a big discover, a big discovery for me at that time, and I need to uh, tell you that it was something uh, new for me uh, for these times at this time. And uh, actually, um, uh, this uh, is also um, another thing. Um, about circus that uh, it helps you uh, in mindfulness uh, you need to be present you need to be present to juggle you need to be present to do uh, acrobatics you need to be present to do love like whatever you need to uh, be just uh, uh, here mm, uh, two futures of circus that really uh, that really makes me uh, that really amazed me in circus. This is this uh, di diversity of uh, disciplines, way of uh, how people are. Uh, also spark of madness. <laughs> I need to say that uh, uh, this is no space for too serious world. No, especially clowning. Wow, you need to really do something with your shame. <laughs> it, uh, you need to really talk to yourself, convinced that uh, it is... Um, like there is no better time for you to get creative, to be fully, um, fully present and uh, uh, fully giving yourself and express. And circus really uh, allows you this um, also. Uh, and another, uh, I think that now it will be the last, uh, um, uh, apart from inclusiveness, diversity, this spark of madness, uh, future of social circus is re real, <laughs> uh, it is reliability uh, so working hard keeping your word um, especially when you when you do circus with others but also when you um, make exercises on your own no it's really uh, important this reliability to your body to your mind to keeping balance um, and also to get in touch with people around and Again, we are coming back to this mindfulness concept. Yeah, so this was a, a quite long story. I really wanted to 
uh, to fulfill this topic why this social uh, circus is important to me i think that it really empowers people no and uh, this is how we can uh, bring the change to the world empower people make them feel better Hello, my name is Javier Morales. I was born in Valparaiso, Chile, and I still live in this city. I'm 41 years old and a um, wonderful and beautiful wife and partner because she works uh, with me in circus and I got uh, two beautiful child. Well, I have been professionally dedicated to the circus for 20 years. At the moment, my work is focused on three main, main lines. One is with Maravi Circo, Circus Show Company, with which we have eight shows with different uh, themes that uh, we sell to private companies, school and different institutions that require it. My other area is focused on the development of social circus through the Malawi Circus Cultural Center through which we carry out activities with the neighborhood, the community in general, using the circus as a tool for social construction that helps people improve their quality of life. And the third is CIMAC, the International Congress of Juggling and Circus Arts, of which uh, I'm its director. And this circus um, event has been going on for 13 years since its origin, which is an exhibition and training platform for emerging and professional artists. In addition to this, at CIMAC we have a strong social work uh, since we bring all instances closer to the community in general in an inclusive and transversal way. Well, um, I discovered the circus when I was very young. My first memories are from about five years old. I visited a circus tent with an uncle and my cousin. I was amazed, but I think that the point of hypnosis with the circus was when I was 15 years old. I love soccer and at that time I went to see a game of the Chilean social national team against uh, the national team of Armenia. They played in the city of Miña del Mar, Chile, and at the half time an oriental juggler appeared. I think he was uh, Japanese and he was performing a juggling show with soccer balls and I was really amazed more inclusive, uh, inclusive more than the soccer game. It was what I commented to the next day to my schoolmates. I was really um, impressed uh, with this uh, juggler. Since then, I started trying to juggle with the soccer ball um, and trying to look like the Japanese juggler. It was difficult, <laughs> uh, but well, there uh, it, is, it all started, balls, uh, devil stick, uh, cigar box, clubs. Then at the age of 18, I entered 
to the University of Payancha to study translation and interpretation in English, English and Spanish. And I finished that degree at the age of 23. But for two summers, I traveled to Argentina, Buenos Aires, and Mendoza City to train in the art of clowning, which was what ended up falling in love with the circus, even made me forget soccer. Because my dream, my, my big dream, was to be a professional soccer player. Well, um, I fell in love with the circus, as I said before, to see how you could get laughter and applause from people, to see how you could transform a reality even for a moment, see how the circus is a passport to reach any social stratum, country and community, because the circus is synonymous with joy, peace and laughter. In the second year of university, when I was 19 years old, my mother died suddenly of a heart attack. That's where, that is the moment when the circus also became my temple, became my refuge, where I channeled my, my sorrows and transformed them into joy for others. At that moment, I said that the circus will be part of my life, my life, an important part of my life. It is at that time that I began to carry out workshops for children at social rigs, workshops in universities. I began to travel with the circus to meet many people with the, with the which we didn't need uh, to speak a common language. With the circus, it was enough. It was in 2003, <clears throat> when I, I was a year and a half away from finishing university, that we formed the, the circus company Malavi Circo. After this, and when I finished my studies as a translator, I began to study a degree in education at the same University of, uh, of Playancha, all with the same purpose of directing that knowledge to the development of social work with the circus. In 2005, we formed the Malawi Circo Culture Center, which was which has the objectives of working with the community, um, training audiences. That I think is very important because uh, you can train audiences, you can uh, have uh, more people uh, who is interested in different activities or circus. Later, in 2007, I began to be the artistic director of Malawi Circo. And I studied a lot of in a lot of, uh, independently uh, self-learning in the areas of dramaturgy and stage direction. To, um, until this day, I have written and directed uh, eight works of Malawi Circus, and always with the goal of having something to say, something to tell, something to transform and provoke in the viewer. Then in 2009, I proposed to my uh, partners of Malawi Circo to hold the international meeting to celebrate World Jugglers Day, which in 2013 would be called CIMAC, through which uh, great national and international artists uh, have passed. Because, uh, well, we, we tried to get a, a different program each year with different artists of different countries, of different places of, of Chile. 
Well, I see that uh, talking about the future of circus, I see that the circus has an endless future with multiple options. The circus, I think, in my personal opinion, is like nature itself. It varies and adapts to different realities and moments, regardless of the political, social and economic context. The circus is always there and adapts. But I also believe that the circus today has a very leading role because many mental illnesses were generated after the pandemic and it is at this time that the circus arts help balance and channel emotions through play, laughter and sport because, well, I think that circus, in fact, is health, it is a sport and it is art. Um, talking about the, the movement of circus in Chile, here uh, the movement, the, the movement uh, grows more every day. There are very good artists. There is always the difficulty of development from the, the economic aspect. Um, well, that's a battle that we have uh, every day uh, to live from circus, no? But there are some options. Here um, you can apply uh, to different uh, financing of the government but it's like a penalty on, on soccer that sometimes you can you can win sometimes you can lose um, but there are some other options you know uh, with intelligence study and creativity great things can be achieved here we have uh, the traditional circus which is the main um, enterprise around the circus that they are families of many generations and they employ traditional artists and those who don't come from a traditional circus family. On the other hand, people who are not from a traditional circus family, such as Malavi Circo, for example, perform shows in, in various places, such as theaters, school, public spaces, etc., and so forth. The social circus is also highly developed. Uh, there are some places that are focused on that, uh, on that, working on vulnerable sectors and even bringing circuses to isolated sectors. There is no professional circus training here, but Chilean artists are traveling to other countries such as uh, USA, Canada, France, Belgium, Sweden, and Germany to study circus and many return to share that knowledge. And well, I hope to see you soon in the future, in Africa, Europe, everywhere. Or if you want to come to visit uh, Chile to know a little bit more about circus culture here in Chile, well, you're welcome. And uh, well, go ahead with the circus. All the best for all of you. See you soon. My name is Christy Seymour. I'm in the Gold Coast, which is in Queensland, which is the southeast coast of Australia. Uh, it's a, a beachside town. Um, my background, I've been a professional circus artist for 22 years. Um, prior to that, I was a theatre student and a uh, trained in classical ballet which is how I came across circus by dabbling in physical theatre in my undergraduate degree. Um, as a 
performing artist, I was an aerialist and a flyer. And from there, I began working in a youth circus. So um, uh, alongside my freelance work as, a, as an acrobat and aerialist, I started teaching um, at a youth circus in Brisbane called Flipside Circus. And during my time there, I started to get um, invited into the world of social circus and circus for sort of social change, starting with working with Indigenous youth in the Murray School um, in Brisbane. And then from there, um, we developed a series of workshops and projects with refugee children, working in uh, with children who'd been through um, extreme trauma and were adapting to life in Australia in suburban schools, in primary schools. So we did long-term, like 12-month projects of going into schools, working there. And that's when I really started to feel um, that, yeah, that that was really uh, beyond performing. This was a passion and an area that I really resonated with and wanted to do more of. Um, and I did the training with Cirque du Monde um, around that time in 2008 at NICA, National Institute of Circus Arts in Melbourne, and started to develop some thinking around, okay, what's my method and um, way of working with young people and youth at risk? Um, and what, what is that um, what does that mean? Who, who do we consider when we think about youth at risk? Uh, and so we, yeah, that project actually ended up going for two years. So we were so passionate about it that we didn't get funded a second time, but myself and a few other artists donated our time to continue the project. And we gathered sponsorship um, from locals in the community when they heard we were donating our time to keep it going because it felt socially irresponsible to connect with a community and then exit it. Um, which is a huge problem here in Australia with funding. It's project-based funding with social circus. So it's like you're in and out, which is just goes against everything that I believe social circus is about and should be. And then um, we started to do some work with uh, children with disabilities. So I was approached by, um, this is, I was a head trainer and artistic director at Flipside Circus at the time. And we were approached by an occupational therapist um, who was running this amazing school holiday project with children she was working with, with a, a wide range of disabilities. And it was an arts project. So there was like music, dance, visual art, and they wanted to include circus as part of the workshop series. And through that work, they became, the parent community became so excited about the circus that they asked us to do an ongoing project and and just cl offer classes regularly and we we took up that offer and we did that and we were working with occupational therapists in the room and this is where I started to find my um my my thing <laughs> because a lot of the participants I was working with in that ongoing project had a diagnosis um of autism and a lot of them and ADHD as well and I just had a rhythm with my teaching and these participants we were just on the same um, same wavelength and my way of teaching and their needs seemed to connect and I got excited by that and I was ready for a change. I'd been at Flipside for seven years and I was really thinking about why does this work and um, I've always been really interested in research and critical thinking and knowledge systems um, and 
being rebellious inside those knowledge systems. <laughs> so um, I decided that I wanted to create some research around it because I was passionate about it. And so was the occupational therapist, but there wasn't much support from the medical or the, um, yeah, the medical practitioner community for circus as an option for um, autistic children. So that's when I started my um trajectory sort of a dual career alongside my circus practice as a researcher and I wrote my thesis in 2012 um, how circus training can um, improve the well-being of children with autism and their families because I also found in that practice it wasn't just about the circus participants but the community that surrounded them that social circus was encompassing a belonging for everyone and that's something that I'm all about um, is that identity and belonging um, in arts practice and particularly in circus and its ability to include and encompass everyone to be such as they are. And so then from that thesis, I started to think more about, well, what does a project look like that's specific for autistic people? Um, even though I don't have a lived experience of autism myself, I felt um, an affinity with the community and so then from there I developed my own company and program um, Circus Stars which is specifically and solely dedicated to autistic young people and that's nine years old now so we are nine and um, I've also found my feet as the researcher through that and completed my PhD in 2018 um, which focuses on Australian Contemporary Circus as an art form and its influence. And part of that doctorate is a chapter on the, the wide-reaching and amazing work of social circus in Australia because there is a lot of amazing work going on uh, across the country in remote communities, metropolitan cities, you know, from small to medium companies to freelance practitioners and so on. Um, I think social circus is powerful and important in that it can do numerous things but two of the main things that I see in the work that I've experienced in my career so far and work with communities is that it can help the individual the participant in the workshop or the program either discover who they are or embrace who they are and understand that that's okay and have a space to belong and feel included and grow at their own pace and get what they need and um, and stand out or blend in, whatever it is they feel they need to do. But also in that, it is shifts the uh, perspective of what circus is and can be. And for me, as an artist, that's something that I've always been really passionate and dedicated to and it was what made me intrigued and interested in academia as well is shifting how general society sees circus, what it is and what it can be, because a lot of people aren't even aware that social circus exists if they're not within the social circus or the circus community. So, oh, I didn't know circus could be used in that way for, you know, well, yes, actually all over the world, there is amazing people doing important work with communities in refugee camps, in war-torn companies, you know, countries, um, you know, or right here in your, in your backyard in, in, you know, Labrador on the Gold Coast. Um, but also uh, that it helps shift perspectives of 
um, what is possible through art and art forms. And for me, I've always thought that art form is the answer in embracing and helping um, either disrupted or disengaged or um, disconnected communities and disconnected people. So whether that is circus, music, dance, visual art, um, there's there's a method and there's a way and people will find their way within that and a rhythm within the chaos is something that I always um, have thought about in my critical thinking about circus is that what I see in the room with my autistic participants is that they're allowed to be chaotic because their chaos fits into the rhythm of circus. And so I think if we can invite people then, for example, with the work that I'm doing, that I'm hoping that I can invite people to then see autistic people differently and then see circus differently um, as, you know, more valued, more value to both the art form and to the individual. And so it can marry each other like that. And I think that's extremely powerful and important. And, you know, sometimes I get so busy in the work I'm doing as an academic um, and not in research, like I'm general teaching, the day-to-day pay the bills part. That's not that exciting <laughs> um, because I'm not teaching art, art subjects at the moment, teaching academic writing. Um, that I'm like, ah, oh, forget how important it is. And then when I'm on the floor in the room at Circus Stars, I'm like, oh, this is this is all that really matters. <laughs> this is all I really want to do um, because it's just, it's just, it's circus and it works and I can see the power in it and the joy in not just the student, but in the relief and joy in their parents and that ripple effect that flows across the children and the parents and then the trainers. And that's really special. And I think that you can't, you know, put a price on that it's invaluable but I want to spread it (laughs) so for me I I see that there's um, an importance in advocacy um, for the communities that we work with but in um, how we value circus and how we project that out into the world beyond um, art form and entertainment which is extremely important because it also sends messages out about lots of different things and makes people feel and think differently about the world and themselves. But social circus is something that I think is like this sort of um, underground resource in circus that is bubbling up to the surface more each year as more people find their pathway or find connections to communities and um, advocacies that they can grow their work. So for me, that's something that I think we need to, get together as a circus community internationally and speak speak for and push that importance of that so that it's sort of intrinsic because people people know you know theater art therapy theater for therapy dance therapy it's it's not of course as mainstream as the performing art version but it's known so you know there's no reason why we can't be bumping shoulders with those art forms in the work that we do so that we can get more support for it, so there's more access for it. So that's something that I'm trying to work hard in what I'm doing in my work, and I know a lot of other artists in Australia are trying to do the same thing in the communities they work with too.
My name is Agatha Quintero Villegas. I'm from Colombia. I am a circus teacher, a circus performer. I have a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering and a master's degree in culture and development. I discovered circus while I was in university. I began practicing fuchibag or footbag. Afterwards, I started to juggle. I was 18 and juggling became my obsession. My father was very proud of my new skills and he became very supportive by buying me some juggling props. The only juggling store in Colombia at that time was in Bogota, eight hours far from my hometown by car. During the Holy Week, we went to visit that store and we found out that during those days, the first circus convention in Colombia was taking place. So we seized the opportunity and we went to check it out. That was like an epiphany to me. And from that moment on, I knew that I wanted to be part of the circus universe. Those days were a celebration of life, community and talents. When convention was over, we went back to Manizales and kept practicing the new moves learned. For the following three years, I kept going back to the convention until I graduated. At that time, I was 21, which it was the limit age to apply to, for the National Circus School Circo para Todos in Cali. That started as a social circus project. So I moved to Cali and discovered the power of circus to change lives, especially in disadvantaged communities. Colombia, as you might have known, have a strong background of violence, which has deeply affected the social issue. This circus school receives young people coming from violent environments, most of them from poor ethnic communities, Afro-Colombian and indigenous. I saw with my own eyes that this project effectively changed the life of every single student. Unfortunately, Circo Para Todos fell down into a financial crisis and lacking of funding, forcing the leaders of the project to make a decision between exclusive social circus approach and technical self-sustainable approach. So finally, they made a transition between from a social circus school to a professional circus school, trying to mix both perspectives. After four years, I graduated as a professional circus artist with emphasis in slack rope. Afterwards, I had the opportunity to go to the Academy Fratellini for about a year to specialize in slack rope as well. Being there, I became aware and realized the huge difference in terms of funding, infrastructure, and resources available for circus in Europe. After Fratellini, I began, I began to work as a circus performer in different scenarios like circus tents, theater, cruise ships, private events that gave me the opportunity to travel around more than 40 countries. But quickly, I realized that I wasn't happy enough being just a performer. I felt that my soul had another needs and desires. 
Back in 2015, being a performing artist in Peru, I had an accident that became a turning point in my life that made me prioritize between important and urgent things. In that sense, I began to design my own social circus project. And due to the fact that I have family in Cartagena, I decided that this city and the Caribbean region was going to be the place to carry out this initiative. Cartagena happens to sum up several conditions that I consider important for the practice and promotion of circus. Cartagena faces many social and economical challenges in terms of poverty, low social needs indicators, in addition to high levels of racism, classism, and exclusion. Cartagena is the most touristic city in Colombia, but at the same time is lacking of a diverse cultural offering. Our project, Escuela del Circo del Caribe, started four years ago with our own financial resources and means. Besides, we also apply for public and private grant funds for financing. Currently, we are implementing a second phase of a project called Circo Atarraya, focusing in two peripheric Afro-Colombian communities that share similar needs. We are serving around 100 kids between 5 and 14 years old by delivering acrobatics, juggling, and balance techniques. Moreover, our beneficiaries and their families receive psychosocial support to improve their soft skills and conflict resolution techniques for peace building in the community. For me, there are two things in terms of the needs of circus movement in Colombia. The first one is the urgent need of formal capacity building of circus artists and teaching methodologies. And the second one is consolidating a circus market that can make more dynamic the demand and offer of circus events at all levels. Despite of all, in Colombia, still exists a perception of circus as a, as a marginal art form, which makes more difficult the possibility of the initial points that I mentioned. Moreover, there is a need for circus to be part of research academic topics in order for these researches and papers to be used for public policy making and for the circus to be to be taken more seriously in different fields. Concerning to the future, as always, is full of opportunities. What we have to do now is to shape the present in order to have a strong circus movement in Colombia and in the Caribbean region of Colombia, especially. As a conclusion, we can say that what we need is to share experiences between cultures and societies that have gone through similar backgrounds of violence, poverty, exclusion, and so on. For example, for us it would be great to share our experience with other projects, such as those that are being carried out in Palestine, Afghanistan, many countries in Africa. I'd like to highlight Crequat's project as an example of a selfless initiative that includes communities with different capacities in circus. This project is a huge, huge inspiration for us. But none of this can be made if we don't find the funding 
So it's important to reach out all sorts of resources to make these ideas and projects come true. Circus has a real power, so let's keep working together to make this world a better place. Muchas gracias. Hello, my name is Jamie Moore, and I'm from Sticklings and Performers Without Borders. We are two UK-based non-profits, one who works internationally and one who works internationally. We specialize in delivering accessible circus, which is a very broad term and covers many different kinds of accessibility needs. But through both organizations, we aim to deliver free circus education that absolutely everybody can take part in. I arrived at this position. Uh, how did that happen? I guess I saw somebody playing with some poi in a park when I was about 16 and at college. Uh, I'm now 34 and much hairier. There's quite a beard there going on. <clears throat> after, after seeing people in a park playing with circus toys, I've found the local circus community and as it happened I was I was soon to become a carer for people with disabilities and I worked in a variety of caregiving roles and services in different levels of of care organizations somewhere that was just working in people's houses and making their lives better others where everything was under lock and key and seeing very different sides of many different um, people and people's minds and people's lifestyles. I trained at university. It was a East 15 acting school in England. I trained to be a community practitioner, community arts practitioner, I should say, sorry. And part of my course, there was a little bit of circus on it. And that attracted me to the course. Uh, but fundamentally, the training was how to be a good facilitator whether you're teaching, you know, acting or other social art forms like circus. Uh, following this, I went on travels around the world, still practicing circus, still loving the community, still going to as many events as I could, uh, thinking of myself primarily as a performer at that time in object manip and manipulation. Um, when I was over in New Zealand, I suppose is where my professional social circus journey started, uh, helping. Kate, Dr. Kate Regal Van Wert, helping Dr. Kate Regal Van Vest uh, with her um, clinical studies of Poi. Uh, I was a research assistant on that project, and I was also working at Circability over there, which is uh, New Zealand's accessible circus. Um, once my visa ran out there, I went over to Australia and ran my own courses um, as a, an individual practitioner, uh, which included a very exciting project where we use mindful breathing, meditation, uh, object manipulation, games and articulation exercises uh, with adults with learning disabilities. <clears throat> it was a very successful project. Uh, within two months, we had an elderly non-verbal male begin voicing letters, voicing sounds, you know, which I mean, if you imagine, you can imagine having access to that kind of training from a much younger age, you know, if you person had had access to, to this style of education 
maybe their lives would have been incredibly different and it's always incredibly emotional. But I think back to that one and just think, well, we need to start making this intervention as more... As, a, as, as more than just a few people in the world delivering this specialized stuff. We need to make this more commonplace. Um, so I was over there. I worked for Circus Oz and Westside Circus and Roundabout Circus, um, Ruckus Circus. We had um, had a good look at all of the circus in Australia. Well, most of it. I was offered a job at the Dust Circus, which is in Alice Springs, but sadly that never came to pass because my travels moved me on. But I got a really good picture of Australia out there. Once we had to return back to the UK, we um, that's where I found Performers Without Borders and started going on tours with them. And it's also how I found my wife. She was also volunteering for the company and we sat down at a table one day, both as volunteers, uh, at the European Juggling Convention and we haven't stopped holding hands since, which is pretty special. So now... We both manage Performance Without Borders and we both manage uh, as directors our own company, Sticklings, which is what we've been using as a um, as our business for developing, inventing, manufacturing new tools and techniques for circus. So, we, so this started an interesting journey um, of using 3D printers to change how we, to change the props that we use every day. So we've also made the infinity board which is essentially a juggling board that mimics a three ball cascade pattern and you can slowly increase the incline that it's on from being on a horizontal surface pretty much all the way until you're actually just juggling and we looked at balance equipment next tight wires they're great we've got a couple of them but they cost a lot of money they're filled with uh big metal bars they're heavy they take up a lot of room in the van they take 20 minutes to put up 20 minutes to take down they're always losing tightness if you leave them stood up and they're about you know two and a half feet off the ground like that i mean that is just not a starting point to learn to walk on a tight wire that's what everybody's been using for so long so we were just like well why not make it just five centimeters tall give it the feel of a wire make it from recycled plastic as the rest of our equipment is and uh, we started there and it worked it worked great we put some little um non-slip feet in the bottom of it made it like a jigsaw pattern so it had like a male and a female end that slotted together so all of a sudden now you can make your tight wire as long as you want and so we've made this thing now and it's it's changing how people are learning balance it's it's not replacing the tight wire. It never will, and that's not what we want to do. But we've made it so much more accessible, affordable, and just... It, it's changed how we're teaching it. It's changed our levels of involvement. We're getting more people from the very small to the very old, all getting on there and having a go. Um, we've I've actually just come back today from teaching an inclusion training course. Um which is something that we developed with Erasmus Plus and Circus Works in the UK. And we are going around and sharing our expertise um, in inclusion. Um, this is training that I think is really useful and it's very exciting to see this course develop. And I would like to, I would like to see more people around the world feeling that they can 
allow anybody into their classes and make sure that they get just as much out of it as a fully abled student would. So that's that's that that's 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 me. That's my passion. I want to be able to include everyone in there, and I want their education to be free. <laughs> that's a big ask, but I, I just believe we have a human right to free, high quality education, and that needs to that needs to we need more of that in the world. And so nobody pays for our classes in our in our things. We largely run through either grant funded or fundraising ourselves, uh, but we just go out there and. Make sure that people have access to it. And coming up next, we have just received Arts Council funding for uh, a year-long project at an SEN school, uh, culminating in a big show. What we are really excited about here is that we are measuring um, across three different departments, their educational department, their occupational language, and their speech and therapy department. So we're using the standardised test that they monitor their students' developments with yearly so that we can then reflect across all previous years and look and see whether there's any comparison interventions that we can look against or just differences in the figures. And then we're running customised tests within the occupational language and speech and language goals. And we're testing them every half term so that we're going to get a very in-depth look at about where along the course of our intervention and our teaching did we actually start to see changes and what we didn't and fingers crossed we'll get enough data that we can turn around now and say to educational funders you don't we, we shouldn't be going to arts organizations for this this should be part of your educational funding and here are the results and that's the aim of this project that's something that i'm really excited is to get some good quantitative data about how we are changing people's lives because people around the world delivering social circus you are changing people's lives and you see it you know it and we get loads of qualitative feedback that says this that the people who give us money to do this they want numbers so i want to see a lot more quantitative data being captured around the world and brought out there to allow for circus to to really keep shining Thanks again to our wonderful guests, Jessica Hentoff, Paulina Chajnichka, Javier Morales-Gonzalez, Dr. Christy Seymour, Agata Quintero, and Jamie Moore for taking the time to share with us their personal stories about circus. We find it inspiring to be part of this global community of socially-minded circus stars, and we hope that in sharing their stories that everyone can gain a better understanding of who and how circus is existing in different parts of the world today. I am your host, Craig Quatt, and it has been such an honor and a privilege to have curated and shared this podcast series with you. Thanks again to all our guests for coming on the show, and a special thanks to Circus Talk for hosting this opportunity for us all to share and learn more about circus. If you do not already have a Circus Talk profile, I invite you to create one. If you are a talent, take advantage of the new profile fields that make you stand out in talent searches. And if you are a talent seeker, do not miss out on accessing over 30,000 talent profiles from 193 countries. 
Circus Talk has a special offer for Circus Voices listeners. Receive 15% off your annual membership by using the code CIRCUSVOICES2022. Our podcast design was created by Emily Holt and music was composed by Book Kenninson. You can follow the Circus Voices podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Today's episode is also available on circustalk.com.